we both have a lot of interests, and we can talk about Kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning for 45 oh, minutes. I'm sure everyone's going to want to hear about my level 32 spell cloak. I can't stop playing it. It's so... It's like Diablo. It's got a, it's got a good loop. It's like... It is just enough Diablo and just enough Elder Scrolls and just enough kind of a bad, like, devil may cry. Yeah. That, like, when I'm fighting spiders or whatever and I'm like, oh, if I do this combo with a great sword, I can then, like, bring the enemy to... It's great. It's all about hitting that dodge and then holding down the Feyblade button to do the little spiral up. That kills everything in the game in one hit. I don't use Feyblades. Well, the game heavenly heavenly wants you to use <laughs> Feyblades. The uh, Feyblades and Chakrams are like so absolutely game breaking. The game doesn't have great balance. That I mean that why did why did you just name the two things I use? Chakrams, you a mage I, build? I'm a spell cloak. Oh, finesse and fucking magic. Yes, finesse and fucking magic. I'm might and magic. Oh, look uh, at you, you fucking hammer, bro. <laughs> it's not a very fun combo. happy to say i don't know if you know this i ran a poll on the on the zero credits twitter at zcpcwhj on twitter.com uh, and the polls prompting was let's settle this once and for all uh the first option option was happy honda days and the second option was lexus december to remember and with the majority of the votes john Happy Honda Days to everyone, and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Honda Days Henry. The war against the Lexus December to Remember sales event continues. I can't believe this, John. And together we're Happy Honda Days Henry and Happy Honda Days John, as the poll does dictate, uh, coming to you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there Happy Honda Days zeitgeist. I mean, at least we're not Toyotathon people. There was exactly one person, a game for a movie podcast, who tweeted at us Toyotathon, and to them I say, uh, boo. I think Toyotathon's <laughs> earlier in the year. I don't know. I don't buy new cars. I just have the same Honda Fit that's paid off that I'm going to drive until it turns into dust. Yes, and I still have my Honda car that yelled at me, hey, please take care of me today, and I said, eh, maybe in a month. Oh no, it need an oil change? It need an oil change. Okay, you should probably get that.
Yeah, we'll see. I have a big hang-up with doing maintenance on my own car. It's just like I don't want to do it. I don't know why. <laughs> that's a. I think that's a money-saving strategy you've got there. I think there are probably <laughs> no downsides to that. Man, no... Look, you're a business genius. Oh my no God. one has ever considered. What if you just don't get the oil change? Uh, look, man. Here's what they don't tell you at uh at at the at the dealership. They tell you to get the oil change. They don't know. They don't tell you that they're gonna charge for that oil change. <laughs> That's how they get you. And you know, contrary to popular belief, the sound of a healthy engine is when you crank the key and it goes ree. <laughs> Not a smooth start, loud, grinding scream noise. I think about being rich a lot, and but no more do I think about being rich than when my car needs servicing. And I'm just like, can't I just pay somebody to take this car to a garage? I really don't want to be bothered. I've, uh, yes, I even with the, the small amount of wealth I do have. Every single time I get more money, one more problem turns into a someone else take care of this, please, problem, which is not the way to build generational wealth. It's just so much easier to be like, can I just call the guys with the vans who come out and replace my brakes? Can I just pay someone to clean my house and watch my dog and wash my feet and oil? (laughs) It's funny because I've been so disillusioned with my line of work lately that I've been just seeking alternatives, any alternatives. And uh, I've stumbled on this thread on Reddit and within this, I forget what the prompt was, but I stumbled on this person whose literal job is to just be like a gopher for rich people. And I was like, man, that sounds so cool. But also at the same time, I don't want to do this stuff for myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how could I convince myself to do this for people who ostensibly like could do it themselves? Yeah, there's no way I'm going to be a professional errand doer. Right. I could wash dishes for the rich and famous. Like put on a podcast, I genuinely enjoy washing dishes. So, you know, if they if they gave me a cool quarter of a mill to do that, I'd be happy. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll get that. I think you have like a, an hourly rate, and then you try to get as many clients as possible. Boo! Don't like that. Very boo. And also, like this person had to give up like weekends and stuff, but they're like, "Hey, I've got like a thousand bucks for a weekend." I was like, "Well, that." does seem like some good money, but also, like, taxes and stuff. Yeah, and I also have a deep hatred of the rich, so I feel like we'd end up in a real me-murdering-a-rich-person situation. I feel like if you're next to a rich person at any time, just not that you specifically, this is a general you, but, like, the, the closer your proximity to a rich person, the closer you are to just murder in general. I uh, I don't think you're wrong. I was near a rich person recently, uh, and I, you know, they didn't even profess to me they were rich. I just knew they were rich through someone else, and I just really hated them. And I think they were a perfectly fine person, but I found myself seething with rage at this person. Just because they had some money? Yeah, I hated it about yeah. them. I, I would feel the same way, like, you can be rich if you still work, like, a 40-hour work week. But if you have, like, one of these jobs where you kind of, like, flit in and out and do your own thing, or, like, you just go in a van everywhere and you're like, oh, I've got, I'm, I'm a, 
I'm a TikToker who lives in a van. That's my whole thing. That's when I started getting some impulses of like, I, I think it's more like envious, murderous rage. Yeah. Envy murder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could do some envy murder. Uh, speaking of, of murdering, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to get where I want to go. From oh, here, I, I, actually, wh- I have wh- a segue wh- for wh- murder. If you don't. Yes, please. Okay, well, speaking of being rich and murderous, John, have you heard about <laughs> have you heard about some local news? Let's get very local for our, our second to last episode of the year. Wait, real quick, what are you drinking? Oh, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a um, Live Oak Hefeweizen. Nice. I'm drinking a, a Monkey Shoulder Blended Scotch Whiskey. I thought you said you weren't drinking. Yeah. I was I was thinking that maybe the drinking the whiskey gave me hives, so I guess we'll see. Well, tell me about the monkey shoulder, because I, uh, for those of you who don't know, because you're not in the Discord that John and I share with just our close personal friends, uh, you bought this for yourself as a treat. Yes, I, I did buy it for myself as a treat. I met with my dermatologist, because... As uh, all my friends and now everyone listening to this podcast knows, I started mysteriously breaking out in hives, which is much better now. Uh, And they... So I think maybe in a different life I could be a sober person, because I think it is pretty messed up how we talk about drinking in America, because my dermatologist was like, you should limit, but not necessarily eliminate your drinking. So try to avoid drinking a lot of, like relatively low alcohol things with a lot of ingredients like beers while you're trying to figure this out. You could have some liquor, you know? Right. Uh, There's less ingredients, so if you did break out, you could narrow it down more. Yeah, and I think that's fine, but I also think that it it should be safe for a doctor to be like, if you're doing an elimination diet, just don't drink. But the, the fact that they had to lean very heavily on, like, you know, you could have liquor. Like, we're so... Uh, allergic to taking alcohol out of our lives for any period of time. It's so normalized. It's kind of silly. But yes, I I did buy it as a treat after my dermatologist appointment uh, because I'm not really a scotch person, but it's the one scotch that I really like. Well, I'm glad you get to enjoy it still. Uh, I I think maybe if you go to any other city or a less drink-friendly city, uh, and you see your doctor, they're going to say no drinking. But since this is Austin, they know that you're not going to stop. Yeah, I did also tell my dermatologist that I was getting a tattoo and I was asking if like having an allergic reaction is a bad thing to have when you're getting a tattoo. And, and they like, uh, yes. their their response was like, nah, you should probably be fine. What are you getting? Uh, so <laughs> they were. Whereas I've heard that dermatologists are pretty anti-tattoo since it makes like skin checks tough Wait a and second. they can get so infected. You're, you're telling me your dermatologist knew your tattoo before I did? They knew I was getting a tattoo, I think, before you did. But did you oh. tell them the design? Oh, I didn't know what it was going to be until okay. I walked in the in, until okay. I walked in the place. I was about to say I'm about to, about to have words with this this dermatologist. Well, if you want to, she seems very <laughs> smart. So she can probably out-angle you. Yeah, she would just talk me down, and I would be like, yeah, alright, fine. I'll do a skincare routine. I mean, I'm I'm on a skincare routine. It's bullshit. 
All right. Well, speaking of having a lot of money and <laughs> no, murders, no, no, let's really dig in to the issues I have with my skincare routine. Well, yeah, we we alluded to it. I I believe last week you you had you unveiled subtly your weird rage about your skincare routine. Yeah, I've been doing it for like a year, and my skin's never looked better. But now my beard's going gray. So explain that. <laughs> I don't understand. Beards and skin aren't the same. I'm just saying, why can't I be beautiful forever? Why does the march of time always have to keep ceaselessly continuing? Why can't I just get a hair transplant like Elon Musk, get divorced, cut all my hair off so people can see my hair transplant scars? Why can't I do that? Uh, Your parents didn't give you a a blood emerald mine yeah really i really wish they had you know talking about being rich and murdering i would love a blood (laughs) emerald mine well speaking of being rich and murdering john let's get super local the austin area so this news story hopefully will have enough interest to carry out to our international audience but have you heard about this john have you read this um i don't think i've heard about it but i think i can take an educated guess i'll take a guess Local celebrity Richard Linklater. No. Murdered. No. Local celebrity Matthew McConaughey, who doesn't live in Austin or I think even near to Austin. That, this is, All of this is false. Then Matthew McConaughey, before being <laughs> murdered, went on to murder a local celebrity, ex-local celebrity Elijah Wood. This is the longest guest anyone has ever made and before being murdered elijah would of course murdered local micro celebrity macon blair absolutely not none of that was true oh well you know can't blame me for guessing have you ever heard of eric charles mond no you might have driven by some of his buildings before seeing as how charles mond toyota is the oh. main branch of Toyota here in Austin. Uh, and I don't think you're going to be ready for this headline. I'm uh, I'm excited. I think that in terms of people who murder other people, owners of car dealerships are high on the list. I feel like this might become one of those movies one day. I'm just going to read the first headline now. Uh, prominent Austin audio, auto executive Tr- Eric Charles Mond has been indicted in a murder-for-hire plot to hide an affair that left two people dead in Nashville, according to an indictment unsealed today. The the plot followed an attempt to extort money from Mon, feds say, more to follow. Wait, so he was... the target? No. No, he was the uh, financier. So he financed... A murder hit, hit to man. hire plot. He financed hitmen. Yes. In something that sounds like it was a botched hit? Well, see, what happens... What happen, what, what usually happens in these murder for hire plots is... Um, usually the, the, the hitman is like a fed. And there's no actual hit carried out. Uh, Eric Charles Mond managed to actually hire a hitman who then killed two people. Were these the people he was meant to kill? Yes, it was a successful hit. 
Okay. And the the hit was to cover up an affair? So what happened was, apparently Eric Charles Mond uh, opened up a relationship with one, uh, ooh, where's her name? I hate how news articles are written. Just do the whole, the whole name every time you reference the person. <laughs> That's all I ask. Um, Holly Williams. Mm. Uh, Holly Williams and Eric Munn apparently had an illicit tort affair, as they all are. And her estranged boyfriend, uh, William Lanway, found out about it and threatened to extort Mr. Ch- Eric Charles Mond to the tune of, get this, $50,000. Mm. It's a lot of money, right? $50,000? Yeah. Um, so if you're being extorted for potentially $50,000, and you know, extortion, there's going to be more down the line. So... I guess there's a potential infinite down sign down, down. What am I trying to say? There's a potential. There's, there's in, infinite in, downside potential. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. In the face of infinite downside potential, how much would you pay if you were going to hire three men to kill people? I mean, if someone's extorting me for $50,000, I know that the actual cost to me, is greater than $50,000. Because if you pay that person $50,000, I'm going to say I would be willing to come out of pocket up to 85.3K. Okay. So a little, uh, not quite double the amount you're being extorted for. Yeah, I, I think that would be fair. Okay, well, I, you know... I don't know how to price these things out, but apparently these three men, uh, the three hitmen, charged Eric Charles Mond more than seven hundred and fifty hundred thousand dollars <laughs> What? So he was being extorted for fifty thousand. And, and he, he paid, paid almost three quarters of a million dollars? Yes. Just get out in front of it and have a divorce. Yeah. I mean <laughs> You're you're twenty five hundred thousand away from a, a cool million. Why not <laughs> forego that expense? Um. So, uh, but I I think I mean maybe it just spun out of control. You know how it is when you hire a contractor. Like you get a quote and the quote's not binding, and all of a sudden they need guns and transportation, and they need to go to Nashville. <laughs> So you think a lot of that was like per diem and expenses? Oh, I mean it that that quote must have been way off. They must have been like we'll do it for 112 and you know, <laughs> probably the market for a legitimate hitman is pretty thin. So he's like, "Okay, I'll take it." You know, we're we're in COVID, it's hard to get good contractors right now. And then like it just blew up over time. Uh so these <laughs> you're very very possibly correct. Uh, the three hitmen's names, we have them. Uh, they're all not minors, so I'm okay with just putting them on blast. Um, Gilad Peled, Byron Brockway, and Adam Carey. And all of all three of these men apparently work uh, for a security company called Spear Tip Security. 
Great. So the, every every aspect of this sounds very trustworthy. Quick aside, though, What's I up? feel like if you were being extorted, I don't feel like hitmen are the answer, and I'll tell you why. Oh, tell me why, please. I feel like if you're being extorted, a real easy way to get extorted by a bunch of other people is to hire them as hitmen. Right. So, like, if you potentially are facing infinite potential downside in the in the form of recurring extortion payments from this man, a real Hamilton situation, if you will, uh, this man who will blow up your spot for sleeping with his estranged woman. Um, we just rewatched Hamilton. It's fresh in my head. Yeah, I don't think you, you, the answer to that is to then tell, you know, hire three more people who could potentially then extort you further. I mean, I, I think the answer, as shitty as it is, is like, if you cheat and get caught and someone's extorting you, uh, fair game. You knew the risks. Yeah. Uh, don't expose yourself to way more people to extort you. Get out in front of it. Eat the very expensive divorce, probably, unless you got a, a pretty decent prenup. And, you know, consider it the cost of doing business. I mean, yeah, for real. Like, if you're going to play the the dirty game of extra, extramarital affairs, you, you have to do the, you got to wash the dishes. <laughs> That's the problem at the heart of this issue is a lack of accountability. Yeah, I mean, what were you thinking? Not that he does much thinking, John. You want to oh. know how this man was caught? Uh, yes, please. Besides all of like the money wiring and, and things like that, the things that, that were traceable f- through uh, private eyes of investigation – um, Mr. Eric Charles Mond seemed to be very, very appreciative of the services rendered by Spear Tip Security um, because he left them a Google review. Oh, what? Yeah. What? A review under the name Eric Mond. <laughs> oh, good spycraft. From Tuesday, December 7th, read, Spear Tip is very professional and on top of it, they get the job done in an expedited time. <laughs> Couldn't imagine using anyone else, two exclamation points. <laughs> Couldn't imagine using anyone else for disposing of my issues, signed Eric Charles Mond. What kind of security job would require an expedited <laughs> time? Yeah, you know, this security company, which... uh to be clear, security's kind of an ongoing, no deliverable situation. <laughs> right. And say, they get it done, and they get it done quick. They secured my buildings very fast. That's uh, amazing. Do you think there was some kind of incentive in it for him? Do you think they like gave him like a little toy gun if he left a Google review? I, I want to say, like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yes. The scene I'm, I have in my head, these three men unfortunately kidnap and kill these two people. And then, you know, one of them sends the text like, it's done to Eric Charles Mond. And uh, Charles Mond sends back like a thumbs up. And then that person takes a moment. They're like, if you could just leave, like, if you're happy with our services, if you could just leave a Google review. We're, tr- you know, we're new in town. We're really trying to blow up. 
Yeah, we're really just trying to get a foothold in town. I mean, I did that for my dentist. The first dentist I went to in Austin, they're like, if you leave us a Google review while you're in the office, we'll give you a free Quip toothbrush. And I did that. So maybe it's a similar situation. Yeah, maybe you got a free Quip toothbrush <laughs> for leaving a review after a, an assassination attempt that was successful. Unfor- like the, the very unfortunate part of the story is that for all the blundering, Two people did die. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those pain and gain situations where people do end up dead, but it does feel like a Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, it, it, everything about this has ringings of Fargo in it. Only in Fargo, like, the the wife doesn't end up dead at the end. Yeah, I mean, the, the Coen Brothers understand something about human nature is that how... Uh, weird and secretive and bungling we are. Um, yeah. I, I think that this is a, a pretty good example of that. I just can't imagine how you get in a situation where you're paying these people three quarters of a million dollars. Like, I don't know how much Eric Charles Mond could be worth, but even assuming in a divorce you lose half of it, like... Well, that's the thing. If you have someone killed, right... Right. You're just stacking on your possibility for for unlimited downside potential. Like you have unlimited your risk exposure is insane. You have unlimited downside potential with the initial uh extorter. You have unlimited downside potential with these hitmen who can extort you indefinitely and maybe won't even kill these people. And then you have unlimited downside potential for the rest of your life because if people ever find out you had these people killed, you go to prison for a long time, maybe the rest of your life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Murder for hire is, is I think it's it's got to be like, it's premeditated. Yeah. So it's murder in the first degree. You just didn't pull the trigger. I just, I, I, I don't get it. Clearly this guy is not like, uh, supremely smart in terms of his, because at at that point I feel like a divorce is cheap. I mean, also, so Eric Charles Mon, just so you know, he inherited the family business, which is why it's Charles Mon Toyota. Oh, I see. Or probably just Mon Toyota now. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's the son of the person who started the, the Toyota chain here in Texas. So honestly, like he's, he's generational wealth, which says to me, most likely like there's a prenup involved in that marriage. Yeah. I mean, one would, one would hope there's a prenup involved because if there's a prenup involved, then why not just get a divorce or you clearly aren't satisfied in your marriage. So like. What the fuck? And this is something we never talk about in American culture, but like if he uh like cheated on his spouse with this person, like he can clump he can come clean about it like publicly if he needs to, and then they could get counseling, and then if that doesn't work, yeah. they can get a divorce. Like they can still invest in the marriage, or if he's not feeling it, just get a divorce. Yeah, I, like the, I don't yeah. understand why we do these things as it's, people. And it's not as though, like, his marriage was making his Toyota business work. Like, nothing about this guy's personal life has any bearing on the success of his chain of car dealerships. Yeah. So it's like, it's like oh, I'm sorry. I only, I only buy cars from morally 
upright standing citizens. I, I don't buy from adulterers. I mean, here's the thing. I just found out that this dude hired a hitman to kill, hired hitmen to kill two people. And even now I'm like, I don't feel like I care about his car dealership more or less than when we began. Yeah. Morals do not enter into it when it comes to car dealerships. I'm sorry. If your whole thing was like, I don't want my wife to find out. I just don't like now she found out and now it's worse because more so than being an adulterer, you're also a murderer. So just to be clear, he had his, the person he had an affair with killed. And the person who was extorting him. It's just ridiculous because clearly you had feelings for this person you had killed. Yeah. Just uh, so, uh, so they, they at were... least kill your wife. <laughs> God damn! Wow, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you're in this situation, if you're gonna just from a business standpoint, if you're gonna hire someone to kill someone, it's a lot less complicated to kill the extorter and your wife. <laughs> yeah, uh, according to the because uh, the if official... your wife dies, you don't have to have an expensive divorce. Right, just an expensive funeral. And who wants to go through the hassle? Boo-hoo. According to the details of the indictment, uh, Eric Charles Mon frequently travels to Nashville to visit a relative. In February 2020, he began texting Holly Williams, whom he previously had a relationship with ahead of a visit. Uh, That woman's estranged boyfriend, uh, William Lanway, found out and began demanding money from Eric Charles Mond. Uh, this is what the indictment alleges. So it seems like he would travel to Nashville, Tennessee often. And uh, this was just like his Nashville girl. I just don't get it. Uh, so the what is really so th- this is fascinating to me. Their bodies were found in March of last year. And he yeah, left that, this Google review now? That, yeah? Wait, what? You're right. Hold <laughs> they, on. Hold they, on. Were, they were killed almost two years ago, and he's like, you know what? Yeah. Really need to leave those guys a review. I, I don't know if it's December 7th this year or last year. All mm. I know is uh, the, the indictment was just unsealed, like, on Sunday. I mean, even if it was last year, that's still him waiting like eight months to be like these guys. They do good. You know, he's got I, a busy schedule. He's visiting relatives in every part of the country. He was he was just walking around. And he's like, you know what I forgot to do? Oh, I, how could this slip my mind? I, I forgot to thank those nice ex-army special forces guys for killing the the estranged couple that I was having an affair with. I forgot to thank those killers I hired. God! I need to get them some tips, treats, or something. Oh, Eric, you're a monster. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, slightly slaps himself on the forehead and then makes a note in his his, uh, notes app. Yeah, he he slaps himself. He's like, you accessory to murder. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, honey, you won't believe... Ah, never mind. 
You won't believe what I forgot. I can't tell you about this. What am I thinking? You're going to find out in the news in a couple of days. (laughs) He has such great foresight. He knows that him leaving the review (laughs) is going to get him caught, but he has to do it. He has to do it. He's honor bound. Hey, honey, listen. I feel really bad that I forgot to do this. I feel slightly less bad about the fact that your life is going to be seriously upended. I can't tell you. Yeah, obviously, I, I can't tell obviously you. Obviously, I can't tell you. You know, you'll hear about it. Anyway, uh, I'm going to Nashville. Anyway, yeah, so their bodies were found in March of last year. And so he just, he, he thought he got away with it, I guess, you know? It's like, oh, so much time has passed. And then the, and then this news breaks. He's, he's in jail. And, and, and um, they're, uh, who, who's doing this? The prosecutors are asking to not release him on bond because obviously he's a flight risk. I mean, yeah, he's going to go right back to Nashville. Right. Or wherever. To visit a relative. Yeah. He's got so many relatives he needs to go visit. I don't, I I think they just don't want to release him on bond because they're afraid he's going to start having another affair and get more people killed. He just can't help himself. It's an addiction. Yeah. But honestly, any auto ship, auto ship? No, you got it. Any auto dealership owner sh- could be considered a flight risk because, like, all those untraceable cars they have. They have. Listen, nobody else has greater access to cars. Yeah. And they can just, like, slap. They could print out and slap a temporary license plate on the back of that bad boy and just take off into the night. Uh, we are looking for an unregistered Ford Mustang license plate W I F K L L R. Wait, not wife killer. Uh, wait, what do you call someone who's not a wife mistress? We yeah. are looking for a. Uh, we are looking for uh, the joke's dead Ford Focus license plate M S T R S S L Y R. Yeah, he, so he he uh, he goes to his friends at I don't know Covert Ford or whoever owns the Ford dealership, and he's like, "Look, I got to get out of town. They're gonna be looking for me in a Toyota." Yeah, I need a, I need a Ford. Yeah, I need to go to that guy who sounds like Justin Roiland a little bit. Oh, Elder Mitsubishi. <laughs> yeah, I need to go to Elder Mitsubishi. Uh, it's, it's very funny. The Austin subreddit have, having a field day with this news posted. <laughs> I got to find it before I can quote it because I don't know it by heart. I've, uh, I've discovered that, uh, we can never do the podcast in my office ever again. Why? Because I now have a mechanical keyboard so I can never do ah. research while we podcast. Yeah. So they po- somebody posted a meme, Elder Mr. Bishi. Uh, and, and the the caption is uh, "I'm Scott Elder, and I did not hire a hitman for the people." <laughs> it's a yeah, that's a very local. There, okay, for those of you who don't live in Austin, there's a man named Scott Elder. He owns the the Mitsubishi dealership out here in Cedar Park, and um, his commercials are yelling. He he calls himself the dealer for the people, and uh, he frequently dresses up as a pickle. That's all you need to know about the man. Yeah, he sounds kind of like Justin Roiland. He dresses up like a pickle. And there are celebrity impersonators on his ads sometimes. 
there was a whole there was a like a good solid two years where um all of his ads were done by what seemed like like semi-professional voice actors pretending that it was like the 1940s uh-huh yeah i hated that time i'm i, I very much like him yelling into the the microphone that's way better than getting any type of celebrity impersonators. Yeah, I much prefer uh, Scott Elder yelling at what seems to be the edge of sanity. Yeah, he's just like screaming. He, he disappeared for like a, a year there, and then he came back, and he's like, I'm Scott Elder, and my doctor told me to take it easy. And it's like, oh god, is that why he's been gone? <laughs> oh no, Scott Elder got a got angina. What is angina? It's like a... Like a arrhythmic heart maybe ah it's a heart thing it's a heart thing i didn't know i'm not a doctor Eh, who can be in these in this time who can afford to be in this economy man you hear about this omicron omicron hey 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 how do you pronounce the new covid variant omicron no 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 do it for real omicron i a lot of people seem to genuinely pronounce it Omicron? Omicron. How it's, do you pronounce it? It's Omicron, right? I have no idea. Omicron? I've, I so, I always thought it was Omicron. That's how I pronounced the video game from the early 2000s starring David Bowie. I, uh, I, I will admit something embarrassing. People were making jokes uh, at the very beginning of this, uh, of the Omicron outbreak. Uh, calling it Omnicrom, the the Transformer. Oh, wait, I want to make sure. Are you saying it with an M at the end or an N at the end? Whichever one is the Transformer. I think... I Unicron! No, what? Y- Unicron was a Transformer. He was a planet, right? No, Omnicrom. We are at loggerheads about this. There's no, there's no, there's no Transformer called Omnicron. <laughs> Turns out. That makes it even more confusing. I Because uh, c- I thought it was Omnicron, like all, Omni, all, Greek for all, and then Cron for time, meaning that all time, no, I have no idea. I don't, I've never, I, who learns the Greek alphabet after alpha? Listen, I think I can tell you the answer to this. Tell me. 30 years have passed since Columbus and the Institute of Welding of Paris collaborated on a research study which led to obtaining various patents on Cyclex and Novacrom alloys. Today marks a new milestone milestone in the history history of high-performance alloys. Alloys. Today we present present Omnicrom. Omnicrom. The performance performance of a steel frame frame is undoubtedly undoubtedly influenced by Wait, there's a space between (laughs) Infl and Uinst. This is not very good copy for Omnicrom. Yeah, okay, so we found the same website. We did. Umicrom? Um, you know, I have... I don't care. I don't know how to pronounce it. This is poison. Oh, Omnicrom with a K is a Canadian rap crunk and electro I saw that group. too. Exit out that tab. Get out of here. They're produced by Tepper, Kid Rolex, and Ghislaine Maxwell. You know, uh, what? No, different different Ghislaine. Uh, <laughs> who's Ghislaine? Ghislaine Maxwell? The, oh, uh, 
Oh, yeah. Okay. That's happening right now. Why isn't it being covered in the media? Hmm. Oh, the only thing that's making headlines is that she was angrily sketching the court sketch artist. Yeah, it's all fucked. It's all pretty bad. Remember when uh, the national media got the attention? There was national media attention for that Kyle Wittenhouse trial, and then this Giselle—I don't know her name—Maxwell uh, trial is, is not is not getting covered at all. Man, makes you think, huh? Yeah, the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse thing obviously sucked. I think I understand now after reading the opinions of multiple lawyers that like. Any lawyer who looked at it knew that that outcome was going to happen because, like, self-defense is a really hard thing to disprove. They also just, they, like, they, they made the scope of the trial so narrow. Yeah. They couldn't bring in a whole myriad of factors. A, a lot of lawyers who looked at it were like, yeah, there's there's absolutely no way that this, yeah. that this kid goes to jail. It's just not going to yeah. happen. It was a weird, interesting thing that happened to me because my uh, very conservative Republican father disagreed with the outcome of the trial, and I was like, "Whoa, tell me more!" And I was just like, he was just like, "Yeah, that guy, that kid had no business being there. Like, you shouldn't go out and try to murder people." And I was just like, "Yes, yeah, breathing. finally." Well, he's always been a, he's always been a logical conservative. He's never been wrapped up in like teams and stuff. He still voted for Trump. Still don't understand that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was just like a weird moment of like, whoa, you're a person, not a weird facsimile of opinions. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It, to me, it's really troubling in a lot of different ways. Cause I feel like number one, it's really awful for someone to buy a gun for a child and then basically send them across state lines to kill people. But I also think this Kyle Rittenhouse kid is like, really? has has maybe some like emotional serious emotional development problems and the fact that he's going to be turned into a murder celebrity by the right until whatever machine that is eats him alive it's just sad all around yeah no i i hope he gets help or like he can just disappear i hope he doesn't try to be in a celebrity boxing match in 3 months you re- that that might be a deep cut joke I mean, look, the, Kyle Rittenhouse is not going to end up on Dancing with the Stars like people assume. Yeah. I think he's just going to be eaten alive by the right wing media machine. Which I want to, I want to explain my deep cut joke. I know you're just trying to talk about low tax. May he rest in peace. I don't know who that is. The Lorax. Oh, you don't know about low tax. Oh my god, we need to talk about, not on the podcast, there's way too much to talk about, but please, say say what you're going to say. Uh, so the deep cut joke I was making was George Zimmer uh, gunned down a black teen in his neighborhood, and then maybe six months after he got acquitted, uh, he tried to arrange a celebrity boxing match, where he oh, was yeah. going to be a boxer. The George Zimmerman stuff was just sad because he was trying to milk his own cow. And that was just pathetic. It's like, dude, you got away with murder. Just sink away into the the night. Never, we never want to hear your name again. The fascinating thing to me about George Zimmerman was after that happened, he, he was such like a, like a self-serving, like self promoting but like intellectually cowardly person that not even the right wanted to platform him 
Like he was just such a such a weirdly little self promoter weirdo who wanted to turn murdering a kid into his own fifteen minutes of fame that like the right thought he was Chugi. Yeah, I, I mean the sad part is if it had happened today, he might get a little bit of fame. Like mm-hmm. if you remember the the gun toting weird lawyers in whatever Midwest state that was. Yeah, climate's definitely different now. Yeah, they got they got like speaking positions at like the NRC or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, Patricia and whatever the fuck his name is, McCloskey. Yeah, I don't know. I just know they both don't know how to hold guns, and that's coming to some from somebody who's never held a gun in his life. Yeah, uh, I've I've held a few guns, and yeah, they don't know how to hold them. Yeah. Uh, Let's get off this. So low tax, you don't know low tax? Is that? I, I tie I, okay. How do you spell it? Because I tried to Google it and nothing came up. You don't need to Google it. I'll tell you who it is. Richard Kianka, uh, founder of somethingawful.com. Oh yeah, no, I skipped all that completely. Yeah, I we've talked about this. I I was a something awful kid. A lot uh, of my friends were. Yes, I was definitely something awful. Never. I don't know. I never got into 4chan or whatever. I think 4chan was slightly later than my time. Something awful got me. Uh, but yes, something awful, terrible place on the internet. Probably uh, the fascinating thing to me about Richard Kanka is he created something awful, right? And for a lot, in a lot of ways, something awful is the reason the political climate is like it is right now. Because when from the anime message board on something awful, they banned pornography. Someone on there went and made 4chan, which was a copy of oh, Japanese image boards, which went on to yeah. make like 8chan, whatever. And that's the reason why we have the modern alt-right. And it's f- amazing to me that uh, Richard Kanka, a.k.a. Lotax, is never brought up despite the fact that he is almost directly responsible for this. And the reason is he lived a very, very sad life, was very abusive to his spouse's. Uh, was very mean to his children, was a terrible, awful person, and he died like a month ago. Oh, wow. And it wow. didn't make any waves at all. Whoa. Like, no one cared. So completely <laughs> did he did he mismanage his life. He was probably very mentally ill. Uh, but, you know, he was also a really shitty person. Uh, so badly was his life mismanaged that, like, despite almost single-handedly creating the current political environment, no one knows him. That's crazy. That's like the uh, that Fred guy who created 8chan. Yeah, the 8chan story is fascinating in its own right. Yeah, there's a good HBO documentary called, uh, I think it's like Q Before the Storm. Uh, can I... Can I tell you one quick low tax thing, which is the only way that I would like him to be remembered? Sure. I, yeah, this doesn't. I, I don't know how I'm going to do a Photoshop of that, but yeah, it is. It's one low tax thing, and it was the the first comment on the post on something awful, saying that low tax had died. And uh, also, you can bleep this entire thing if it's funnier, including this part of me saying you can bleep it. Uh, it was. Uh, R.I.P. Lotax, if only he had been married to alcoholism, he could have beaten it. Oh, shit. (laughs) 
That was the first post on the forum he created in the thread about his death. That's fucking awful. That is that is a a true indicator of both the community he created and also his lasting impact on society. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah. Anyway. On to greener pastures, John. Let's get out of this weird internet funk. All of the people who created the bad internet sites are dead, and they're being ruled by corporate overlords and Condé Nast, or however you're supposed to pronounce that company's name. Oh, Condonist. Really? No. <laughs> I think, no, Condé Nast, you're, you're totally right. Yeah, I don't know. Every website is owned by a fucking news conglomerate so this whatever metaverse is gonna kill us all oh yeah give me the meta here's the problem with meta tell me the problem with meta they it's all just second life oh yeah right second Second life has been has been making this meal for like two decades now and now meta's the thing second life has been the place for everyday people and perverts to congregate for nigh on 18 years at this point yeah i i saw on the news not i saw a headline i was like oh well you know a wedding and this and it all happened in metaverse and i was like it's fucking second life like who gives a shit yeah and also that's been happening in do these people not know MMORPGs exist? Yeah, people get married in MMORPGs. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, like I was part of a bombing of a wedding in World of Warcraft. It's It's been happening forever. Meta is not special. No, I... Th- this is like the most boomerous thing. It's like, oh, you could do this all online and then like Gen X. Yeah, maybe some Gen X. And then uh, Millennials and Gen Z is like, yeah, how, how do you think we've survived? Because you've taken all of the physical spaces and extorted them to hell just to make a quick buck. We've had to go online. Yeah, you turned our cities into hellscapes full of slip roads and strodes. We can't walk anywhere. None of us have been to a park in our entire childhood. So we went to fucking Final Fantasy Eleven and Star Wars Galaxies and World of Warcraft and Gaia Online. Like, people have been having... Neopets. Neopets get a piece of that omelet. Uh, oh, man. The omelet is socialism. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> we have had rich interior and exterior lives online during the period of time that lasted almost our entire adolescence. And only now that like millennials for the most part are getting jobs and social lives. Those have kind of fallen off. And now meta is like, you can get married and wear clothes in a virtual world. Fuck off. Yeah. We've been doing that for 20 years. It's not new technology in the slightest. If anything, like, if Zoom's success is any indicator, we don't want fucking 3D avatars to represent us. We barely even want our freaking face cams on. Like, it's just give us a way that, that we can, like, exist without this, all these weird ways to connect. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that we've learned as kind of millennials is, uh, you know, everyone wants to be seen and known when you're in your teenage years. You want to get married in World of Warcraft or whatever. And then when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, you don't even want to be fucking perceived. No, I, I 
I often write in cover letters, I wish I could be invisible, and then I don't get hired. And I'm like, they listened. <laughs> Finally, someone's listening. I'm just saying, don't perceive us. Yeah, don't meta, even... Meta's so fucking stupid. Don't it's... perceive us and don't represent us. Like, it's just... The metaverse is like, hey, welcome to Xbox 360 when we had those little weird avatars that Xbox rightly dropped because nobody liked them. And even then, the Xbox avatars looked better than the metaverse avatars do. Shit looks like garbage. It's weird because, like, they're like, oh, yeah, Oculus 2, get in the VR, join the metaverse. And it's like VR chat released five years ago and is way more robust and has a lot more options than your your shitty phone app. It's I just don't. Did I you don't hear what they did. Technology is a shell game. We have stopped progressing further with technology and now we just have to wait for perfectly serviceable technology to fall asleep. And then we just lie and say that it's a new thing. If it doesn't catch on with the mainstream, anybody could come along and make the next big technological advance. And if it happens, it gets popular. They're like, ooh, we're innovators. And it's like, you just took something that didn't catch on before. And now because you're throwing a big name behind it, people are paying attention. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's so stupid. Um, I, I heard about this and uh, it's been resolved in sort of a peaceful manner, but there was an artist who had an Instagram handle uh, by the, by the, the, the handle was metaverse mm-hmm. and she had it for basically a decade, this handle. And uh, she used her Instagram to, sh- to showcase her art. She was an artist. And when the metaverse debuted, her account was suspended for quote, impersonating another person on amazing. And it just wiped out her account in a decade's worth of her art. And for months she rallied and tried to like get support to announce or like get help through the support system and stuff like that. But it wasn't until she turned to the media and a journalist picked it up and ran a story about it. that her account get restored in full? And it's just like, come on, what are you, what are you trying to pull? I mean, it's just it's it's just big companies throwing their weight around. It's so we- you can exist forever on online, like uh, it, it, we. And again, this has happened before. Like there, there was a um, a prominent World of Warcraft player who had the the handle Rogue, and then like ten years into World of Warcraft, Blizzard decided you can't have that handle. So you, you, here's a free renaming that's mandatory. It's like th- we've we've been through this before. You can't take back things that people have already named because, like, now you want to mon- monetize it. That's dumb. Shut up. I mean, Impossible Foods is doing that. They were suing over marks for some, like, endurance runner who had this thing called, like, the Impossible brand or something that predated Impossible Foods by, like, eight years. It's like, just... Here's my thing, and I guess I just don't understand, and maybe when a corporation gets significantly large, they just, like, lose common sense, but, like, is your market share being significantly diluted by a streamer named Rogue? Is your market share being diluted by, like, 
an endurance runner using the word impossible on their branding or some artist using metaverse to sell their art. No, like it, there's no carryover to your market share whatsoever. So why are you doing this? Yeah, it's completely ridiculous. It's companies throwing their weight around for the sake of quote, protecting their brand unquote, but it's like nothing's going to hurt a billion dollar company. Like case in point, coronavirus you would think that would negatively negatively impact corona beer but it didn't if anything they excelled <laughs> yeah so like case in point if a fucking pandemic virus can't hurt a beer with the same name an artist with the tag metaverse isn't going to detract attention from your new stupid th- thing that's not gonna catch on you hiring hitmen to kill your mistress is not gonna impact used car sales it won't although used cars are at an all-time high right now if you're going to buy used you might as well buy new just saying yeah it's it's a real bad market out there for used cars inflation has really hit used cars the hardest uh, somehow it's it's a whole thing. I don't want to get into it. It's just look, the economy is fucked. The infrastructure isn't there. I I've pivoted, John. In the spirit of the holidays, I feel like the goal is to get out of the country now. <laughs> I mean, listen, I've been saying this for a while. You mean like a vacation or a expatriation? No expatriation netherlands netherlands um hard segue into the uk for this next story maybe okay uh because we're not the only ones trying to expatriate john Mm, the uk is really trying to engage is the destination this is a feel-good story Oh, thank God. We haven't had any of those. Yeah. I figured let's end the last episode before Best Worst on a good note. Uh, This is a feel-good story. Um, The headline is Gentle Giants. Rangers prepare for return of wild bison to UK. Yes. (laughs) Give me the bison. Uh, There are two rangers in the UK. One of them is named Tom Gibbs. He is one of the UK's first two bison rangers, and he is preparing to receive a cartload, a boatload, if you will, a reintroduction of uh, of bison into the UK for the first time uh, in over a thousand years. Yes. (laughs) Bring them home. (laughs) According to Mr. Tom Goods, uh, the size of them instantly demands your respect, although they are quite docile. I wouldn't say they are scary, but you're aware of what they can do. (laughs) Oh, very ominous. Yes. Uh, The rangers will manage the first wild bison to roam in the UK for thousands of years when four animals arrive in North Kent in the spring of 2022. Uh, why are they doing this? Just for fun? Not just for fun. It's actually, um, 
in part of a of a reforestation tactic. Apparently, these bison. I'm trying to find the exact wording now, um, but these bison have played a, a major role in the in the ecosystems of the UK and uh, and years past, and they just they haven't they haven't had the opportunities to to do their role in quite some time. It says right here they will create forest clearings described as jet fuel for biodiversity. Okay. I mean, you know, fair point. Humans have kind of fucked biodiversity. We're, we've got a whole bunch of trees that are predominantly male and they're too close together and things aren't appropriately taking advantage of either tree, cl- tree cover or clearings we've made. So that makes sense. Uh, and also uh, a key aspect of why bison is because bison were the largest land mammal to inhabit the island uh, of that composes the UK uh, ever. And their absence for thousands of years have created sort of a stagnant pool of biodiversity where things can't flourish. Uh, more specifically, I'm quoting uh, the other bison wrang- wrangler, Donovan Wright, who says, what makes bison a keystone species is that they strip bark off of trees by oh, rubbing yeah, it against do. them. Oh yeah, they get that they get that good they get those good scratches. Uh, and they also they also eat the bark. Uh, those trees die, and that allows light to reach the forest floors. And wow, that's like jet fuel for biodiversity. All of a sudden you're creating habitats for other species to thrive. Okay. I mean that's a good cover story. Yeah. But I have a real question. Tell me your real question. All of a sudden, they're bringing all these bison into the UK. Four of them, to be exact. Largest yeah. land mammals in the UK. Yeah. What are they bringing them to fight? <laughs> these two rangers, these two bison wranglers, who are <laughs> who, who are so excited. They're like, finally, something can take on these small dragons that we can't talk <laughs> to the public about. <laughs> I I would love dearly a movie where they find out that like they find dragon eggs that are going to hatch in 30 years but they can't tell the public. So then they start aggressively breeding human friendly but combat ready bison to fight <laughs> the dragons. <laughs> like rain of fire but bison. Rain of Fire, but instead of machine guns, or whatever it was in that movie. I think it was machine guns. It's bison. Yeah, instead of Matthew McConaughey jumping off of a tower with lightning in the background to fight a dragon, it's a bison jumping off of a tower with lightning in the background to fight a dragon. Uh, Rain of Fire. Fascinating movie that has way more people in it than you think. Yeah, it's it's full of a ton of pretty famous people and uh, also written and I think directed by people who wrote and directed a number of X-Files episodes. Oh, that's pretty great. But yeah, so you, you named Matthew McConaughey, but it also has Christian Bale. Christian Bale, young Gerard Christian Bale. Butler. Gerard Butler. Um, Isabella Skorupoko. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Alexander... The dig. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, we're talking about the real stars like Alex Krieg, Alice Krieg. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, not these no names. Oh, Doug Cockle is goosh. <laughs> we're talking about the real cast here. 
I Google just listed those people too. I don't know. But yeah, Rain of Fire is uh, pretty good. Yeah, her name is Skorupko. Skorupko. Don't know what she's in. Uh, I'll tell you what she's in. She's, she's in Goldeneye. She's in a little movie called uh, Rain of Fire. Oh, she's in a little movie called Soulstorm. She's in the video game Among Us. <laughs> she's in, uh, what? 2010 Among Us. No. <laughs> There's no voices in that. No, I don't know. She's in a movie called Among Oh, it's translated. The actual name of the movie is Anglovac. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, we just, we of course all know that Alexander Siddig for his starring role in Cairo Time. I'm getting the feeling that most of the cast, besides Matthew McConaughey, Christian Bale, and Gerard Butler, are foreign actors. It seems to be the case, but you know, we got three bangers in that one. Yeah. Well, what were we talking? Bison. We were bison. talking about bison. Yes, talking about uh, those ripped bison fighting dragons. So yes, uh, the bison will be inter- reintroduced into the UK ecosystem in the spring of 2022, and uh, a lot of people are excited about it. There's a ton of facts in this article from theguardian.com, uh, written by Damian Carrington. I suggest you you seek out this article for yourself. Read all the details, um, but. Seems like good things are on the horizon for bison in 2022. Wow. I don't think there's ever been a better rhyme on this entire podcast. Horizon and bison? Yeah. Yeah, that was a complete complete surprise to me. Well, I guess no one's fond of Charles Mond because he <laughs> tried to kill all those women. <laughs> What? Just one woman and one man. successfully killed that that woman and man. What else do we talk about? Uh, We briefly talked about Reign of Fire. We briefly talked about Reign of Fire. Well, I've got a desire to talk about Reign of Fire. Nothing's going to top Horizon and Bison. Yeah, I'm sorry. That might be it. it. Hey, next Mm. time we record, John, we're both going to have seen... Spider-Man doesn't know how to get home. We're we're both we're both gonna have seen Doc Cock. Sure. <laughs> we're both sure. <laughs> we're both gonna have seen the Green Noblin. Oh, is he in it? I I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I only saw one trailer. It's and that uh, was by accident. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, it's the motherfucking D-O-double-G Snoop Dogg. Did I tell you that I saw Spider-Man Far From Home for the first time not three days ago? Oh, how'd you like it? I really liked it a lot. I really like Jake Gyllenhaal in that. J- Jake Gyllenhaal is the... Okay, I love Mysterio. Mysterio is a great villain, and Jake Gyllenhaal is a perfect casting for this version of Mysterio because he's... He definitely has the likable, flip, affable Robert Downey Jr. thing, but he also has the thing about Jake Gyllenhaal that makes it impossible for him to be a leading man in something, which is he's just a little weird. Yeah. Which is perfect for Mysterio. I really liked his weird... What's the word? Sociopath? Kind of vindictive... 
what's the word vendetta against everything Tony Stark. Yeah, that led to him like he didn't want to really rip off that kid in uh in Spider Man, but he, he's just like it's just part of the gig, you know. Like I gotta to get my revenge, but and elevate my station. I mean, I I was a I I did like that they had a number of people who were like seemingly genuinely extras who got yelled at by people in Iron Man movies. I appreciated that. I don't know. I I always like the thing about Mysterio kind of being that he is a fame and money oriented grifter, which I guess this guy was. I don't know. I love Mysterio, though. I think this was a good Mysterio. Kind of gutsy to make the main villain in a Spider-Man movie Mysterio, and they did a good job. Yeah. I think they pulled it off for sure. And Zendaya is Michi. She's Michi. What else is there to say? I We can't talk about a movie that came out two years ago, but I liked it a lot. Well, I'm glad you saw it. The stealth prepar- suit was in it. How'd you see it? Disney Plus. No, we, Disney rent Plus? It, we rented it, actually. I was about to say, I've been wanting, I wanted to, to catch up, or not catch up, but re- revisit but it wasn't on Disney Plus, and yeah. I mean, it's only four ninety nine, or you could just pirate it. That's a lot of money and crime. I, uh, yeah, I liked it a lot. Can't wait to see No Way Home. It's got Doctor Strange wearing a hoodie in it. Yeah, everyone's wearing sweaters. Uh, but after we see No Way Home, you know what that means, Henry? That means it'll be time to see to see if this year is a good year or a bad year. Through the ultimate courtroom of justice that is best worst 2021. That's right. The annual event where we duke it out over the best and worst things of defined categories for the year. The best will be remembered forever and the worst will be stricken from history. We've already gotten a fair number of pretty, pretty good categories. This year is going to be stacked with conversation and debate, John. Uh, But there still is time to get your suggestion for what topic John and I will debate uh, to determine if this was a good or a bad year. Uh, And I I believe John's going to tell you how you can do that. That's right. If you want to find out what was a good and a bad of 2021, make a good of forever and a bad to go by, you can tell us those categories in many different ways. The first of which... This is just recapping what Henry said, uh, but I'd like to say that I'm doing it in a much more succinct and, dare I say, charming fashion. The first way that you can give us the topics to do on the <laughs> on the best worst is on Twitter.com by sending those to at ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. That stands for Zeitgeist Cruising Pals could withhold humongous jaws that's right we can withhold jaws and we can also hold your hand if you'd let us you can send us emails if you have big long topics or you want to yell a little bit or you're not on twitter you know twitter's not a great place to be studies show that people uh, who are on Twitter, tweet 100% more than people who don't, so it can't be that good. You can send us an email too, email at zerocredits.net, which is an email address 
Uh, <laughs> we really can't get to us in any other ways, but we are on an... What? Do, would, do, do we typically say we're on a number of podcast services? Yeah. Uh, wait, why do we tell people we're on these podcast services if they're already listening to the podcast? Why do we do that? Well, it used to be... It used to be... It was because... It was the belief for a long time in the podcasting industry that uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts uh, ratings on that would drive people up charts and, and more people could find them. But now there's so many avenues. I guess it doesn't matter. That's right. It doesn't matter. So we're on all the avenues. We're on Pod Chaser, Good Pods, Good Chaser, Pod Good. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review on any of those things, and it'll boost us in some kind of algorithm. Heck, we don't care. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Endorse us in using things in the Adobe Suite and Excel. We use a consultative approach when dealing with clients. But the best way that people can learn about the podcast is for you to get those little fingers. <laughs> out of those little pockets and I want you to reach for with those little fingers and grab your friends by the face and then pull their face into your face assuming you've both had your booster shot and then scream the name of our podcast directly into their ear, nose, and throat because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so if you use your friends like a conch uh, to yell the name of our podcast through their body, it will be amplified. Uh, more people will listen to it, and then we'll kill, we'll kill Piggy, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll kill Piggy. Only the strong survive. Mm, eat the meat. Eat the meat. What the fuck, John? <laughs> we're all on the island, and we're eating the meat. Is right? This, this from Lord of the Flies or something? Lord of the Flies. Never read it. Oh. Uh, and this is the part of the podcast where I step in to say, we will not be releasing an episode next week for it is Christmas. Uh, and What? No, Henry, let me appeal to your better senses and beg you no, unless you give me good reasons for this being the case. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, like, give you a thing... What? Henry, please don't deprive them of the podcast. We're going to give them a break from the podcast so they can spend time with their family. But just you wait. The week after, on New Year's Eve, we are releasing the longest episode of the fucking season of the year. The best worst 2021. We will debate 10 categories comprised of your standard fare movies books video games what have you and mixing in some of your suggestions we will fight tooth and nail to the very end we will we will discover together if this year will be good bad or ugly uh, that's not that's not one of the categories it's just good or bad uh that's coming to you on december 31st yeah, probably get, during the day. <laughs> get ready for it. The day of New Year's Eve, the most evil day on the calendar. <laughs> we will be here 
we will appear like a bat in the night and we will give you all the content you've st- if you if you start if you look at how long the podcast is and then you in minutes and then you start playing it the negative number of minutes for how long the podcast is before midnight you can kiss your speaker on midnight and you'll be kissing zero credits so you won't be alone this new year's eve that's right and at the end of the episode we'll make a little kissy noise i we will not remember to do that probably Uh, we'll try we'll try to remember all right and for now from everyone here at the zero credits honda day studios we want to wish you a happy honda days and a happy best worst 2021 that's right happy lexus december to remember sales sorry they lost the poll and goodbye. Goodbye. I feel like I really was ready to podcast in the last 10 minutes of this episode.